Hey everyone, thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as Reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show! Everybody, welcome to episode 230 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Adam, and Steph. So, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the brand new video for Ready for It. Taylor literally released it last night. Social media is on fire. Everybody's loving this video, loving the interpretations, loving the hidden messages. We are going to talk all about the video on this episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's definitely a lot to discuss, just like the Look What You Made Me Do video. Lots of hidden messages and discussions about what the whole theme of the video means and represents. So we'll get into that soon. Yeah, this was really exciting. I have to say, I was a little disappointed we had to wait till midnight. (laughs) So true, though. Well, and I was thinking, this is one of the first times we've had a video in a really long time not be released in conjunction with an award show or New Year's Eve or some other kind of TV show. Uh, For example, Wildest Dreams, Bad Blood, Out of the Woods, and Look What You Made Me Do were all associated with a TV show. And so I was thinking, how is she actually going to release this? What do I do? Do I wait for her to tweet something? (laughs) And... Fortunately, Joseph Kahn was the one to give us the hints on what time this would actually be released. Thank God for Joseph Kahn. My God. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking would I just sit around during the night and refresh her Vivo page because maybe she would post it at like 9 Eastern or something like that. But then Joseph Kahn did tweet, I think at one point, two and a half hours away, which means we knew it wasn't going to be until midnight Eastern. So what was the actual last music video that Taylor released that wasn't associated with the TV show? Was it New Romantics? Yeah, if you want to be technical, it would be New Romantics. Okay. Hmm. Which I feel like probably she just tweeted it's out, maybe. Although, no, actually, you could only watch it initially through Apple Music. Correct. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then eventually, oh, I think pretty quickly thereafter, it was available on YouTube. But... Before all the other ones that I listed, Bad Blood, Wildest Dreams, Out of the Woods, I'm not sure. Blank Space, I think. I think Blank Space, yeah. That just was dropped, right? Oh, pretty much, right. If I remember correctly, yeah, I mean, and and literally, of course, with how big that music video was, uh, I think the internet just stopped moving for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and I guess the other one would be Style. That was not associated with any tv shows or anything oh that's true too so either way it's still been a while right so this time it was at midnight i do remember very vividly blank space was in the daytime when it was released so this is different it'll be exciting to see how taylor releases the rest of the music videos for this album 
Very true, especially uh, going back to a point that we just covered on the last episode, uh, that we already know she is filming something else, so whatever the next music video is, it's coming. Right, those scenes from London were definitely not in this video, so they are for the next or a future video, that's for sure. Yeah, that was something I noticed right away. And as it got closer, I thought for sure there was no way they could incorporate the London scenes into this. But we know that something else will be coming in the future then. So before we dive into the music video itself, I just wanted to take a moment because Ed Sheeran, of course, best friend with Taylor, uh, actually had a few things to say about reputation. So I'm just going to read you guys a quote here from him. Ed says, quote, yeah, we're in touch quite a fair bit, you know, and she's been in London quite a bit as well. Yeah, I think the songs are great. I think the visuals, she's really putting everything into the visuals as well. The visuals are really impressive. I think people will like the album. So when I initially read this, it was before the music video for Ready For It was released. And now that we've seen the video and I'm reading it in context with this quote, I'm thinking, is Taylor going to go with the route of a visual album, which other artists have done lately and especially if you just think about the theme and the way that ready for it was done i could see that happening so does a visual album mean that each song has some type of video with it yeah i think the best example would be beyonce's lemonade which was a visual album and so there were videos for the full album But Taylor's not one to copy, so I'm not sure. But it would be pretty interesting. And who could complain about a video for the full album? Exactly. I mean, can you imagine if we get 15 videos? Right. And we know that Joseph Kahn is involved in whatever was being filmed in London. So I kind of think maybe they've agreed that he'll just be involved with every video on this album. Could you imagine how incredible that would be if we got 15 music videos for 15 songs, all directed by Joseph Kahn? Right. I know, that just blows my mind. Yeah, he is just very impressive. I'm always astounded by his tweets right in the lead up to a video. He's not sleeping. He's not eating. (laughs) He's just working all the time. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, and it sounded like he submitted the final version of the video just the day before it was released. So he was working on it up until the last minute. That's so crazy to me. I know that the detail that goes in these videos is tremendous. So I'm honestly not surprised that somebody like him is that hardworking. Yeah, me too. And he is so young. He's been in this industry for so long, since the 90s, and he's just incredible. Taylor really picked a fantastic person to work with. So I don't know about you guys, I'm ready to get into the actual meat of this video. Uh, First of all, my initial impression, absolutely incredible. Couldn't believe the visuals, of course. I mean, we already kind of talked about that, but wow, mind-blowing. As far as the message of the video itself, also mind-blowing. The whole thing, really, just an outstanding video. I was very impressed. Oh yeah, me too. I just can't imagine how much time it took to perfect this. And like you, Nate, I was really impressed with the visuals, all the different 
effects of the video were amazing. And just the message of the video. I love how it's consistent with the video for Look What You Made Me Do. And it seems to just be building on that. And that's why I'm excited to see where things continue to go. Yeah, that's a good point. It did remind me a lot of Look What You Made Me Do, just based on the fact of showing her reputation and how she can relate both Look What You Made Me Do and Ready For It to the album title. And we still don't know if there's going to be a song called Reputation on the album or not. But both of these videos were definitely about how people and the media portray her and how she's breaking free from that portrayal. So I have to ask, just because you brought it up, Adam, as we're recording, we're two weeks away from the release of Reputation. So what do you think? Do you think there will be a title track, a song called Reputation on the album? Um, I would say at this point, no. I think she's going to go more, not necessarily in the route of 1989, but just the fact that 1989 did not have a song called 1989. I think she'll continue that trend and not go back to Fearless or Speak Now or Red. See, I find that interesting because, yeah, aside from like self-titled album and 1989, like you just said, Fearless, Speak Now, and Red all had self-titled tracks. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting, at least. Uh, I feel as though a song called Reputation, in obviously the album Reputation, would really set the stage for how one should interpret this album, especially since, uh, I don't want to say some people are confused, but, but some people do need some guidance on how to think about this album and how to think about Taylor and, and her life and, you know, her portrayal. So uh, anyway, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm going to just bet yes. Uh, gentleman's bet. Yeah, it could definitely go either way. And I like what you said about the track reputation kind of being maybe like a, a summary of the album. And what you just made me think of is I think it would be pretty cool if track 15 was called Reputation just to kind of wrap everything up. Oh, yeah, that would be a good closer. Although, and I have to say, when we first knew the album was called Reputation, I was thinking, that sounds like a perfect song title, and I want to go back to Fearless and Speak Now and Red, where we have the name of the album as a song. But as we're getting closer, only two weeks away, and we're seeing more and more about the album, I think that the name is just kind of the umbrella of everything that this album falls under. I think it's just the overarching theme. And I do love your ideas, though. I'd be happy with those. I'm just thinking, realistically, probably there won't be a song called Reputation. That's fair. I could totally see that, too. I mean, uh, obviously, Taylor is trying to create this album, obviously, with this overarching you know, Reputation theme. I feel like Ready For It kind of does a good job, especially the, the video itself really sets the stage. But... But I don't know, still, I I would love to hear another song that is a title track. I don't know, just fingers crossed, that's all. In two short weeks, we'll know. That's true. But back to the video, this did such a great job, I think, of portraying at least what I view the theme of this album to be so far. And so I'm just excited to hear the rest and see if I'm right. So a couple of things actually in the video that I found really interesting. So the video starts out with Taylor at the end of this hallway and she's walking down this hallway and you, you kind of are, you know, you're introduced to this video. You're not really sure what's going on. Uh, she's wearing this, you know, dark hoodie. She looks like she's 
I don't know, in this like underground Chinese fight club or something. Uh, <laughs> but the coolest things I thought right away is we start to see a ton of wall art that is actually secret messages. Uh, immediately, you see 89 and 91, which, as we already know, 89 being Taylor's birth year, as some people have discovered, 91 being Joe's birth year. Uh, very cool that it starts out that way. Then we see Joseph Kahn's name in Chinese lettering. Kudos to whoever was able to read that Chinese. That's fantastic. Yeah. Does it actually say Joseph Kahn, or does it just say Joseph? You know, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I think it just says Joseph. Though it is interesting because in Look What You Made Me Do, Joseph Kahn is also credited. He's, his name is on one of the gravestones. True, right. And here at the very beginning, Taylor's name in English and Joseph Kahn's name in English are in graffiti right at the very beginning, which I liked because it made it feel like a film. Right. And it's not just his name. It says a Joseph Kahn film. Right. On top of those things, uh, as Taylor is walking down this hallway with these, you know, flashing red lights and these cyborgs kind of, you know, eyeing her up, uh, you see passing on the walls a ton of what is speculated as either song lyrics or song titles for the album. Uh, the things written on the wall include All Eyes on Us, You're Gorgeous, which we know that one. Uh, this is Enough, I Love You in Secret. Mm. And of course, the number 13. You know, we've talked before about how there seems to be a re-emergence of 13 this era, and I just love it. Like, not just a re-emergence, like an explosion of 13. <laughs> like, in 1989, I literally thought 13 was dead. I am so glad that it's back. <laughs> yeah, me too. But it, w along with these other messages, I have to say, this was the most intriguing part of the video for me, because I want to know what these are. Are they song titles? Are they just lyrics of tracks? Um, it says, you're gorgeous. And we know the song title is just gorgeous. So maybe they're lyrics, maybe they're song titles. I'm excited to find out. And I keep going back to Taylor's Instagram titles. When she was promoting Look What You Made Me Do, she had a title, Are You Ready For It? And then when she was promoting Ready For It, she had in her Instagram caption, a second glance. So people were wondering, is a second glance somehow involved in reputation. So I just love how she's giving us all these secret messages and we don't know what they mean yet, but soon it will all make sense. That's just one of the details that I love about Taylor is that she puts such effort into these little secret hidden messages. And, and once they finally click, you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> well, and that reminds me of her album packaging she always does the secret messages in the actual album with her capital letters so i hope that with the way she's been using secret messages so far that means she'll continue in the album booklet oh definitely that's one of my favorite things about getting a new album is deciphering all those codes <laughs> and the fans are so quick they're just, it's immediate i know i have to stay off of social media until i can actually do it <laughs> <laughs> Right, these secret messages on the walls in this video were already up on social media like 10 minutes after the video was posted and Taylor was liking things about them on Tumblr, so they are super fast. 
So to boot with all of these, uh, continuing in the video, Taylor's walking down the hallway. She gets to this door. First of all, apparently there are eight cyborgs, which I have seen speculated as maybe some of uh, Taylor's past relationships that that alludes to. I'm not really sure. Uh, she ends up punching in 21 on the keypad. Fans again found out that uh, the 21st is Joe's birthday. Uh, so anyway, uh, a couple more things there. She continues through the doors, and this is when you see the main set of the video. It's this large warehouse where you see Alter Ego Taylor in this like force field box futuristic cage thing. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense, but... Uh, yeah, I would call it like a, a glass room. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, and so Hooded Taylor walks up to the glass, and the, the Taylor that's inside of this cage is... Uh, Wearing all white, she's in this like like cyborg like bodysuit almost. Um, uh, she's a very I don't know. You can tell a stark difference just by the colors. Uh, that one is supposed to be, uh, you know, let's just say the good tailor, and one is supposed to be the bad tailor. So yeah, that's definitely the way that I took it too. You had the the dark hooded tailor, and she's definitely being portrayed as like the. Not necessarily the evil one, but the bad one in a good versus bad situation. So right. that was definitely meant to be the contrast there. Which is interesting because they notice each other right away. You can tell that both of them are still this cyborg-esque uh, robot type person. Which, by the way, one of the funniest things I saw from Joseph Kahn all night. He simply tweeted, Niles Shyborg. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Right, of course, that's a reference to Taylor's pen name when she wrote, this is what you came for. But because she's, in this video, a cyborg, I think that's what he meant. I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. And I gotta give him props, that was very witty. That was awesome. So, continuing with the video, uh, basically what ends up happening is uh, both the the good and the evil Taylor, they end up having this... Uh, kind of like this fight sequence almost of um, uh, each one kind of like battling the other one, mostly the good tailor trying to do these amazing things and the bad tailor preventing her from doing these things. So uh, towards the end of the video, basically what ends up happening, the good tailor ends up shattering the glass, destroying the bad tailor, uh, ascends her throne of, of being free basically. And this, you know, dark evil cyborg tailor ends up, being destroyed so and i like how at the end the good tailor is ascending the stairs and going to the top just kind of like she's going to the top of whether it be the charts or you know her best self in her personal life that's a very good point i didn't even think of it like that yeah me either and to end the video of course one single tear from good taylor finally free right very effective and the good taylor just looks so happy at the end so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh the actual like the the nitty-gritty what what we think taylor was actually trying to allude to maybe some of the hidden messages within uh the video itself we're going to talk about that a little bit later something i want to talk about right now is Taylor was on Tumblr after this video was released, liking a lot of fan interpretations of this video. So 
Anyway, there are some really good ones out there. So many good ones. The fans just come up with amazing interpretations that I never even thought of. So I spent a lot of the night looking at Taylor's likes and reading what the fans had to say. Yeah, one of the ones that I really liked was from Tumblr user Your Little Games, who said, I feel like this video is all about her breaking free from this manufactured robot the media has made her out to be. She's tired of being portrayed as this perfect robot, and she's finally just going to be herself, whether they try to crucify her or not. It doesn't matter. She's happy, and her fans have her back, and that's all that matters. That's just like a perfect description, isn't it? <laughs> Of the whole video, yeah. And, of course, Taylor liked this. So I'm sure she agrees with it. But kind of going back to Look What You Made Me Do, I think this just kind of expands upon that because with the whole the old Taylor is dead and especially making fun of herself of the way the media has portrayed her at the very end of that video. And there she was just kind of making fun of herself. But here... She's pretty much directly taking on that person the media made her out to be. And, you know, this is perfect timing because we talked last episode about all the secret sessions that she's been doing. And just think about the fact that she has not done any promotion, any media interviews of any kind for reputation. But she has held, I believe now, five secret sessions. And so she's met all these fans and told them about the album and about the songs on the album. And the media doesn't know anything. So the media is going to Taylor's fans' Tumblr blogs and Twitter pages to find out information. So it's just really full circle on how she has shut out the media and is doing all of this with the fans. Yeah, it makes it really special in that way, because the only way the media can get information is, like you said, through the fans. And I would say we're the perfect megaphone for Taylor, because we know what's up, and we know who Taylor is. So it's really brilliant, and it's not only a great way for Taylor to promote herself, but she does seem to really just be completely fed up with the way the media has portrayed her, especially in more recent years. And with you saying that, there is a post that Taylor liked that uh, really kind of hit home for me anyway. Uh, this post is by It's Just In Your Wildest Dreams on Tumblr, and they said, Taylor sheds one single tear in the Ready For It music video to remind everyone that she's not a robot, she's not a doll, she's not just a celebrity, but mostly, she has feelings. She gets affected by hate. She's like one of us. Taylor's only human. I can only imagine what she went through in her head. I want to hug her so tight and tell her she's the strongest person I know. And I feel like that really resonates with uh, her fans because this message that she's trying to send, like how brutal the media has been, how people always constantly for years have portrayed her life falsely, and it, it's kind of like she reached her breaking point. She's only human, you know? Uh, there's only so far she can go. And and I think there comes a point when, really, she kind of has to fight back. And I, I think that's what she's trying to do with this album. 
Definitely, totally agree with that one. And there's one more that is is similar, but I just want to read it because it's so good. It's from Life of Swifty eighty nine, who said she was caged, she felt trapped, she felt defeated, she felt owned by others, she was being picked, poked, and made to be something she wasn't. She was provoked and made to fight when she didn't want to. So she stood up. She stood up for herself and for her own being and to be freed from the witches that were trying to destroy her and make a living by ruining her life. And she freed herself. Yeah, that is a really good one. And that reminds me of the end where she's on the platform and it says, and they're burning all the witches. Because really, if you think about the way the media has handled Taylor in recent years, it felt like a witch hunt in a way. She was just always in the wrong. It didn't matter what she did. Everybody just came after her like a witch hunt. So I think that's so on point. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, uh, even looking at 1989 itself, obviously Blank Space was a mega hit. And that entire song was about how the media portrayed her, how Taylor would interpret this character, uh, how how this character, I, I guess, would actually write a song what 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 this character would be and how ridiculous it would be for her to actually live up to the real portrayals of the media and hey it was an enormous hit so absolutely and this last one that we'll cover kind of covers all of that and it's a little lengthy but it's really great it's from still got scars on tumblr who said ready for illuminates how the media and society have so tirelessly tried to absolutely sabotage Taylor's soul, ravage her kind disposition, and quite overtly vandalize her reputation. The fabricated dark version of Taylor embodies the negative image of her they've conjured up and torn down for years, where her intellect, power, sexuality, and success have all been questioned and subjected to persecution. Despite anything she says or does, the past few years have been akin to a witch hunt, where her actions have so often been scrutinized based off preconceived conclusions of who she is at her core. The Taylor we see prevail is the one who spent years overwhelmingly imprisoned. Even though she's vulnerable and exposed, the power of her voice absolutely shatters the walls surrounding her. With innate resilience and empowerment as her impenetrable suit of armor, she so fiercely rises onwards and upwards, quite far above the shadows of the false facade that's haunted her. In shedding a single tear, she's illuminating the sheer relief she's now feeling after all this time. Her eyes glisten with hope while she's glowing brighter than ever. She's truly free. It's a great, great summary of the whole video. Wow, that might be my favorite post. And just the way that was written, I mean, our fans are so like smart and able to put all that together. I could never write something like that. Kudos to your vocabulary teacher, Still Got <laughs> Yes, this fan base is so smart. I rely on fans and our listeners for a lot of things. And like we said before, Taylor has liked all of these posts. Taylor agrees with everything that, that her fans have been saying about this this interpretation, which is really interesting to me. Right. I think Taylor must know that her fans are really, really smart, too, because she's liking so many things that are right on point you could spend hours just looking at all of her likes and really get a full breakdown of the video absolutely and we've only just grazed the surface on 
all of these Tumblr posts on all of Taylor's likes. So anyway, if you haven't seen them, definitely go check them out. Very cool. A lot of great stuff out there. Uh, stick around for just a minute because we are going to be talking all about this Rolling Stone article that came out and really dissects this music video. All the references, everything in there. It's really a fantastic article. So we'll be right back with more of our discussion of the Ready For It music video. As we mentioned, there is this awesome Rolling Stone article that just came out today, the day after the music video. Joseph Kahn has retweeted this, confirming basically everything that's in this article. The article is written by Mara Johnston, and she does a great job. The title of the article is Taylor Swift's Ready For It Video Decoded, 13 Things You Missed. Which, I gotta say, I read through this article and I missed quite a bit of this. Oh, me too. The author, like Nate said, published this very quickly after the video was released, so I was impressed with everything she picked up on. So we're just going to talk about a couple of our favorites here because, really, there is just so much in this video. The first one we'll briefly mention is that 1989 gets a shout-out right away. And this goes along with what Nate had mentioned earlier about the graffiti in the very beginning of the video, where it showed the number 89 and then also the number 91, which is likely a reference to Taylor's birth year and Joe's birth year. So I guess that could be taken in two different ways. The... Shout out to 1989 and the shout out to Joe as well. Yeah, in this particular one, the author also mentions just the set of the music video and questions whether it's an abandoned shopping mall or some kind of grungy bunker. Nate referred to it as a warehouse earlier. I'm not sure. There's an escalator in this. So when I first saw it, I was thinking a shopping mall, but I don't know. I hope that we find out someday. Another one that was in this article, which I thought was really interesting. I did mention this a little bit earlier, but uh, the article states that Swift's eight X's are part of the tableau again. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so in Look What You Made Me Do, Taylor had eight backup dancers. Uh, people thought it might have been a reference to maybe some of her past relationships. Uh, not really sure. But again, in this video, there are eight cyborgs uh, who are guarding the entrance before Taylor punches in 21 on the keypad. So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, yeah, especially with the parallel to Look What You Made Me Do. And I missed the eight the first time I saw this. So I'm again glad that we have all these different interpretations. But I like how she's staying consistent between videos. I'm wondering if those eight people, again, are just Taylor's dancers. That's what I would th I think... Probably. I'm thinking probably, too. I think it's a pretty good bet. And another one that we, we also mentioned briefly was that the name Joseph, which is written in Chinese, appears in the video. It doesn't specify which Joseph, but it's still pretty interesting. And I, I think there are some other Chinese messages in the video, too, that we are going to cover in a bit. The next one stated that there were more graffiti messages that we already talked about a little bit earlier. But then the sixth one was one that I thought was interesting. It said that Taylor's box-dwelling alternate self could be a reference to Ex Mahina, or the box she's been placed in by the media. So that's a movie from 2014. 
Um, but the article goes on to state that the art of reputation and the references dripping from Look What You Made Me Do signal that Taylor's forthcoming album will be a broadside against how she's covered in the press. Cyborg Taylor being stuck in a box could be a reference to the way she's painted as a specific type. But it could also be a shout out to that movie, um, which has a humanoid in it. And it, it looks very similar to how this video was filmed. Was this the movie with Scarlett Johansson? No, that was actually one called Ghost in the Shell. Um, and Scarlett Johansson wore a bodysuit that looked very similar to Taylor's. So maybe it could be a reference to that as well. It could be. Mm -hmm. I think when the preview came out a few days before the video was released, people um, immediately thought of that movie. I'm betting that would be more Joseph than Taylor. I don't know. He just seems like the guy who's super into those sci-fi type movies. So anyway, I don't know. I think so too. I agree with that. And he, he tweeted today that this whole process was so collaborative. They clearly both contributed a ton to this video. This next one is definitely one of my favorites. So we talked about the Chinese lettering earlier, uh, but more specifically, this particular one, uh, there is another bit of art in the hallway. Uh, and this one, of course, in Chinese lettering, actually translates to the year of the snake. Uh, if you guys don't know, 1989, Taylor's birth year, was considered the Chinese year of the snake. So anyway, very, very interesting. Uh, of course, as we know, with Reputation, there has been a huge snake theme with this album. So another very cool little Easter egg there. Yeah, I really like that one. And that was one I would have missed. And this next one is one that I definitely missed part of. There are some lightning bolts in the video, and fans have screenshotted that portion of the video and compared it to the cover art for the Calvin Harris Rihanna song, This Is What You Came For, which we all know Taylor secretly co-wrote under her pen name, Niall Soberg. And as we mentioned earlier, Joseph Kahn tweeted the Niles Cybot in reference to her previous pen name. But I missed that lightning reference. And when you see them side by side, it does look very similar. It really does. I totally missed that too. I thought that the lightning was maybe just another cool visual effect, but once again, I'm proven wrong. The next one talks about how this video has some parallels to Bad Blood, which was also directed by Joseph Kahn. It was also a futuristic, battle-heavy video um, where Taylor is, with all of her friends, taking on the haters, if you will. Um, but in this video, she's on her own, and she's fighting against her toughest enemy uh, herself. And also I could see the media as well. well. I remember right after the trailer on our episode 249, Adam, you said you immediately thought of Bad Blood with the trailer. Yeah, I did. Just based upon the outfits, really. They were strikingly similar to Bad Blood. I would even call the the set similar. The, the backdrop looked very like the Bad Blood video. Well, and it's kind of interesting if you think about it. Bad Blood... The media construed it as Taylor pitting herself against another female. But in this video, you have Taylor pitting herself against herself. Right. Well, this next one I thought was really fascinating. 
So you can see in the music video when Taylor is stuck in the cage, we're talking about uh, good Taylor in this sense. Taylor is seen sitting on this white horse, which, of course, immediately whenever somebody says Taylor Swift and white horse, I think of Fearless. I'm sure all of you do the same. Uh, but what's really interesting is that the song itself, White Horse, told this story of this relationship that really broke her spirit. So uh, is the White Horse, you know, kind of alluding to that? I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, other people have also pointed out that in Blank Space, Taylor was also riding a White Horse. So uh, that's also possibly another reference. Right. This was one of my favorite things about the video and fans latched onto this and taylor liked to post where a fan stumble home to my cat wrote taylor is riding on her own white horse because she is saving herself i'm just saying i love that because if you compare the lyrics of white horse where she's kind of waiting for him to come around on his white horse and just at the end decides she's not going to do that and here she's just showing she's on her own so that i thought that was really good symbolism and of course it also did remind me of blank space too that's so true i gotta agree with you i think this is my favorite reference in the entire video and it was only like a second and a half <laughs> like <laughs> It was very short. Maybe in a future video, we will get to see her riding this horse and being free or something like that. Oh, that would be cool. And the last one is a great way to wrap up. The author wrote that Taylor's way of keeping her fans guessing about her video's deeper meanings is unparalleled in pop. And she just explained, like we said earlier, whether it's Taylor's messages in her lyric books or having subtle callbacks to past videos, Taylor just always finds a way to have a deeper meaning in her videos, in her songs. And it, it's what makes everything so interesting. And it, people want to know what all of this means. And people have so much fun breaking it all down. And I think it is true. It is completely unparalleled in pop. It's not generic. It's always new and different and deep. Right. I don't watch too many music videos, but I can't think of any others that I have seen that have such deep meaning. They're much more simple and straight to the point. Absolutely agreed. I mean, for me, I think that was one of the best parts of the Look What You Made Me Do video. Obviously, when that thing dropped, everybody loved it. Everybody loved all the different references, everything that Taylor was, you know, the little hidden messages, everything that Taylor was trying to tell uh, her viewers. Um, that has to be the best quality about these videos, just really diving in and really understanding and, and picking up not just the deeper meaning, but, but also the fun stuff too. The things she just kind of, you know, puts in there, just kind of winking at you. But sometimes rather than winking, Taylor is just blatant. And I have to say, I love that too. <laughs> Especially <laughs> lately, that's for sure. My, my favorite thing from today was Taylor's Instagram live story. Did you all get to see this? Yes. Oh, yeah, I did. Definitely. Yeah, this was great. As we mentioned, the way the media has been lately, just over the years, with its criticism of Taylor, and Taylor's just completely taking on the media now, what happened was when the trailer was released, you could only see little pieces of the video, but 
what happened was the media just said, oh, Taylor's completely naked in this video. Taylor's just falling off a cliff. You know, what is happening with Taylor? And it, it's funny, though, the fans immediately could tell it was a bodysuit. And there were some funny tweets. People were saying, oh, yeah, I can't take my kids to see Spider-Man because of that bodysuit. And Joseph Kahn had some tweets referencing it. But Taylor decided just to take it straight on. And she did an Instagram story showing some behind the scenes footage of her in the bodysuit. And she wrote, it truly warms my heart that people had so much to say about this bodysuit. Zing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she's 27 years old. She can wear whatever she wants. When it was just so clearly a bodysuit, right? Right. Absolutely. Like, it's not even revealing at all. Like, there's nothing, I don't know, uh, uh, scandalous? I don't even know what a good word would be. I don't even know what the, the mindset is here. But there's nothing wrong with this bodysuit. It's insane how they immediately went for that. Absolutely. It just shows to a T why she's doing what she's doing. She didn't really have another option because it's one of those things where no matter what she does, she'll get torn down for it. So she should just do whatever she wants. So I'm really excited about this music video. I can't wait to maybe get some more behind the scene footage it's already doing so well. The last I checked, it had over 16 million views already in fewer than 24 hours. So I think this is going to be another huge song for Taylor, another huge video. And I'm excited to see it tear up the charts now. Yeah, I hope it gets behind the scenes videos just like Look What You Made Me Do has because those will be fun to see. Yeah, one thing I'm really hoping is because we talked a little bit about on episode 229 how maybe this video was what Joseph Kahn was filming on the solar eclipse day, which was a huge day for this fandom because Taylor started dropping hints about this album. So I do hope that we find that out because the shooting looked really interesting. It kind of looked like they were in a desert or I'm not quite sure. Well, at any rate, this music video was outstanding as usual. Big kudos to both Taylor and Joseph and everyone involved, obviously. Uh, another smash hit video. Can't wait to see what else Taylor brings. If you guys like this episode, like what we're bringing to you, uh, please, please subscribe to us either on iTunes, on your podcast app, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, basically anywhere that uh, you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Uh, if you do that, you will be downloading our latest episodes automatically. Uh, of course, as Reputation is rolling out, we are having a ton of awesome episodes. Special guests uh, diving into the music videos, the songs, the lyrics, everything about Reputation. So be sure to subscribe to us. Also, leave us a review and a five-star rating, and that will help other people find our show easier. So please do that. If you want to talk to us either about this episode or about something else, uh, we are, of course, on just about every social media platform. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, all are at SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can find all of those things on our website, SwiftCast13.com. So for episode 230, this has been Nate, Adam, and Steph. And we will see you next week, guys. See ya. Thank you. Later. Later.